welcome, <clears throat> excuse me, welcome to Quick Health Concepts. I am your host, Dr. Leslie Quick, and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited. It's a Friday. It is beautiful outside. It's a little chilly, but hey, what are you going to do about that, right? It is New England. Um, again, I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Quick, and this is episode nine. And I'm really excited today because we, today we have Julie Capozzi. Hi, Julie. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Leslie. Thank you. <laughs> Julie is um, a certified breathwork specialist and Reiki master. A little bit about Julie. She holds a master's degree in counseling. She's worked for over 15 years as a full-time professor at Mount Wachusett Community College, where she teaches courses in psychology, sociology, and counseling. Correct me if I'm wrong anywhere, Julie, okay? Uh, she is the department chair of the Substance Abuse Counseling Certificate Program there. Uh, and previously, she was a guidance counselor years ago in Wilmington. So she holds a breathwork practitioner and Reiki master certifications, and she specializes in reducing anxiety and emotional trauma. Thank you so much, Julie, for joining us. I really appreciate having you today. Thank you for having me. This is a pleasure. I'm so excited. <laughs> Julie has recently joined us at our at our clinic, so this is, I feel, a perfect introduction. Um, you know, just to give you how I met Julie, we basically you we talked when and really, it was an introduction for me because I re I'd heard about breathwork, but didn't know very much about it. You know, sometimes I'm pretty uh, knowledgeable about certain things, and breathwork was not one of them. So I really appreciate having you educate me in that. And I had the pleasure a few, about a month or two ago of having uh, Julie hosted a workshop at our office, and it was absolutely amazing. So let's get right into it because I really want you to be able to tell the listeners, you know, a little bit more about it so that they can become educated as well. Uh, so tell me a little bit, Julie, first of all, about what breath work is. Okay, well, thank you, Leslie. And most people do not know what breath work is. It's basically a new um, holistic approach to body, mind, and spirit that really helps you connect to your inner um, uh, emotions, your repressed energy that you have. And in psychology, we always say, that you don't see people the way that you think you do. So it's like I'm introducing to myself to you, and I see you, and I think this is the first time I'm meeting you. But you may say something, not meaning anything, and it may trigger something in me. Like you might just you might say something like, "Oh, um, you're a couple of minutes late," just off the top of your head, and I may have all these patterns of past behavior that when people kind of criticize me, I kind of get upset. So I may say something really harsh to you back or change my feelings to you on something you didn't even mean. So we say that you kind of see people through these shaded lens. And everybody has different color shaded lens from their past experience. And you never really totally react to the person that you're meeting for who they are. Your past is always brought with you. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. So a lot of you know, cognitive work and psychology works with that. But breath work is different. Because it really looks at, instead of just talking about things, and part of your brain that really holds memories doesn't form until you're two or three. But psychologists always talk about the importance of the first couple of years of life. That's where you form all your life stories. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Other people are better than me. You don't even realize it because it's held, and we call it implicit memory. You can't recall it. But it's emotion. And when something is held in the amygdala, which is just automatic emotion, it can be triggered any time as if it's happening right now. 
So you can have something when you were two. Someone was, you know, maybe you had discipline that you didn't really understand or there were lots of brothers or sisters and your parent was busy and you thought they didn't have time for you, whatever. And you form these life stories that become the core of how you react with different people. And talking about it, you really can't get to that. So breath work is a different type of therapy where you actually release some of this repressed energy that's held in the cell and held in implicit memory, which means the part of your body that can hold memory in the first few years of life. So when you release this, you heal, and you feel like an inner peace and calm. It actually increases alpha waves and increases main um, neurotransmitters or chemicals in the body, oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine, which are the main chemicals that help with anxiety and depression when you take antidepressants and other drugs. Your body naturally can make these chemicals, and they can be released by yourself just by alternating your breath. So we kind of do it in a circular, connecting the breath pattern. We do it to music. And you really connect to your inner self and release a lot of these repressed memories from childhood. Trauma is held the same way. There's no timeline to it, so anything can trigger that again. Or any other dysfunctional self-beliefs you have about yourself that you really can't get at to cognitively or talk therapy, but they are earlier or they're held in such a trauma form that it needs to be released by energy. And this is similar to like massage. Sometimes you get a little bit release, um, chiropractor, Reiki. But breath work, you have usually five liters of blood that goes through your body at any time um, per minute. And when you exercise heavily, it's six. When you do breath work, it's 10. So you're really upping the energy flow in the body, and it really helps release some of that. I find it interesting what you were just saying that, you know, I, I, I think for me that's a surprise. I mean, when I say a surprise, I, just because I, I wouldn't think of it that at that young of an age that you'd be able to hold on to those memories. So that's really in, an interesting thought process because, like you said, at two or three, you know, you're, you're mo- I, I would think most people would think they, at that age you're not really cognizant of anything. When I say cognizant, you're just in such a learning mode that you're not really necessarily, you know, processing emotions except for the most basic needs, you know, like, I, Mom, I'm hungry, Dad, I, <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom sort of thing, you know. So I find it interesting that that research is showing that it, it that you can hold on to these memories, even though you may not be able to process it in a, you know, in an older fashion, that you are able to hold on to these at such a, such a young age. Yeah, and that's the thing that was always a disconnect in psychology. You say the hippocampus, which forms your memories, starts to grow around age two. Mm-hmm. But the first two years of life, your attachment bond, that kind of nonverbal connection, eye contact, being held, just feeling loved, really sets your beliefs about yourself. And there's proof on this. The right hemisphere, not to get too scientific, but to help you um, get to the difference between left and right, forms in the womb in the first year and a half of life. And that's totally nonverbal. So it's emotions, it's how people look at you, and that stores memory in every cell of the body. And then the left hemisphere starts to mature much faster at a year and a half, and then kind of takes over It's the cognitive until we're an adolescent and we get our abstract thought. But those life beliefs, if you look at a, like my granddaughter's four, and she knows herself. She knows when she's triggered. She knows how to, you know, feel love. She knows when she's not feeling love and how she reacts to it and you really do form some life stories and the same kids in the same family can form different life stories say a mother's busy 
One may think I'm not lovable. The other one might think I have to do everything for myself. And these are patterns of behavior that you constantly relive in relationships. So in psychology and counseling, we look at people and say, you know, what do you keep doing in your relationships that aren't working or what seems to be the problem areas? And if you look, you can kind of connect. And you can talk about it for years, you know, that, oh yeah, well, I know this time my mother said she was busy, but until you can emotionally release it in the body itself and feel that peace and calmness from just releasing that held energy, it's such a different experience. And, well, right, and that, and that makes total sense. I mean, so from a chiropractic standpoint, you know, I've learned a little bit about, I, I treat a lot of infants and children, and one of the things in craniosacral therapy is that's exactly what you're talking about, that held kind of that experience of in the womb, and you're trying to work things out, and sometimes, you know, difficult. One of the first questions I'll ask somebody, especially a mom, when I'm, I'm seeing a young child is, is how is the birthing process? Things like that, because it does create, not only does it can create physical trauma on the child, but, you know, so in cranial sacral therapy, you're trying to, um, you're trying to tap into that and trying to release that. And sometimes that can really help children in ways that you don't even, you know, you, you kind of just watch it happen. But we see it all the time when you're doing cranial sacral therapy in children. So, that that really kind of as you were speaking that really rang true to what you know my experience and my education in cranial sacral therapy as a chiropractor as well so um that's wonderful thank you for letting me you know thank you for explaining that because again like i said i'm still i'm getting educated on <laughs> breath work as well so tell me a little bit julie about how you were introduced to breath work okay so that's the fun part um i always think that in life you know, you just live your purpose, what you think you should be doing now. Don't worry about the future because it just happens to come to you. So I started out, got my master's in counseling very early in my 20s. Really enjoyed doing some guidance counselor work. And then got married and had my kids. Was laid off from guidance counseling. Uh, and then a friend in my my kids schoolyard told me about oh you can teach at a college so that I kind of just started teaching a course here or there and before you know it I'm full-time professor <laughs> and loving that developing some courses developed a breathwork course having some fun but it was just by chance my daughter said to me oh look you know this place is having a free breathwork session let's go try it out and I really liked it because you can go to an altered state and I was just so appeased from the first time and I said, this might be really fun to get into. So I asked her, you know, where she got her training, and then that led to that. Then they had Reiki at my school, so I did that at the same time. And I really see how they were complementary to regular talk therapy. So when you do talk therapy, again, just that relationship, because I had to do counseling, you know, being in mm -hmm. my counseling program. And in my 20s, I didn't think I had any problems. And I wound up staying eight years and then throughout life, still keep in contact. Um, wonderful. Just have someone sit there and listen to you without being interrupted is just beautiful. And, you know, it's just the eye contact and just that unconditional acceptance and whatever you talk about, just that can kind of heal a person who has any anxiety. So the prefrontal cortex is right over the amygdala, which is where you form all the fear. And it just comes right down and soothes it. And you have new neurons, new nerves that are uh, produced. Neuroplasticity, it affects the dopamine receptor center. Your whole body starts to change just by relating, just having really good eye contact and feeling calm and having someone listen to you, being supportive. So you can 
find out what some of your issues are. But it's really interesting to release them is a little different. So I'll give you a quick example of why it was so good for me and why I just encourage it so much. It's something I started doing breath work, really loving it, still again, um, have my master's in counseling, it really kind of works together with it. But for me, um, I had a sister who died a year before I was born, um, very traumatically allergic reaction to the chicken pox. Healthy child, seven years old, gets the chicken pox, and for two years has terrible pain, tragic death, two years later. Um, so when I was born a year and a half later, you know, I, my mother was very loving, my mother and father their whole life, so whenever I took these tests, secure attachment, everything's good, but I had this underlining anxiety I just could not get to, this feeling of just not enough and just not good enough. Again, those issues. Why mm -hmm. do I always feel people can do better than me? I'm not good enough. And when I really did the breath work, I felt the anxiety that my mother had when I was born. And she actually went into emergency C-section. Oh, gosh, yeah. And back then, they had to get my father. And there was no cell phones. And it was just, oh, my God, we almost both died. And when... I went back there, you know, her thoughts about, can I handle this? I can't do this. And her panic caused her body to almost not have the baby. Mm -hmm. And going back there and releasing that, you kind of see things differently. You see the humanness in it. You see the forgiveness that, you know, people meant and that anything that you had this anger and hurt, you kind of just see in a human light and um, then I could see how much she loved me when afterwards with that anxiety of I can't do this. I love you. I can't do this. I love you. I took as I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. And two years later, and I'm talking years later, <laughs> even though I could talk about it, um, it doesn't come out. It's not released physically until you can actually get your body to hold wherever it is. And some people have pains in their shoulders or pains in their hip. And some of that's suppressed energy. Um, some of it is just this feeling that comes through that can get triggered at any time. So someone could say something like, um, did you include that in your report? And there you go. I'm not enough. It wasn't good enough. My report's not good. That's not what they're saying. So it's a different way to heal yourself on all dimensions. So, again, it's complementary. It works very good with chiropractor, with Reiki, with yoga, with um, talk therapy. It just really, I think, is so comprehensive because then you can integrate. And that's what happens with breath work. You can integrate. These experiences come out. And you do go into an altered state. I have people in my classes sometimes just feel increased energy that goes through their body and radiates. They feel like they're being lifted. Some people feel this just peace and a release of the anxiety like they've never felt. Um, some feel like a connection to the divine or see colors or might see some experiences from their past or just feel them, vague feelings that they're going through. Some people feel they have spirit animals that come through that really help them and guide them. Um, so everybody's experience is different, but it's true to them. And um, just love it. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I mean, going back to that, the workshop, I never having experienced breath work, going to the breath shop that you had hosted, you know, afterwards, I mean, we had a good group there. And afterwards, you know, we were talking about it and everybody, like you said, had a different experience. But one of the things I definitely noticed around the room and, and I will totally admit it. I was one of them. I, you know, you have this, I, I had this kind of, uh, this release of just, cr I was crying. You know, my girlfriend looks over to me and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I wasn't sad. I wasn't anything. I just, you know, it, there was just this sort of this, this release. And, you know, another one of my friends said, you know, their heart started kind of 
everybody had a little bit of a different experience, but I definitely feel or from the from the um, responses and the feedback that I received from my some of the people that I know that had done the group was, you know, it was definitely an emotional it was definitely an emotional release, and 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 I can understand where you're going, where you're talking about, you know, a good adjunct because a as a practitioner, one of the first things I tell people that you know when when they just have body aches they can't explain and you know and I'll say okay you know obviously there are pieces of it that I'll ask like what do you do for work what are your ergonomics things like that so obviously that comes into play but another question I ask is besides you know how's your diet is you know how are your stress levels because that you know one of my one of the stories um that I that I tell people often and to explain how much emotion comes into pain is uh, I had a patient years ago who she was doing really well and all of a sudden she just came in one day and was in this um, huge amount of pain and we couldn't figure it out and we were going back and forth and I was like listen you know if if we can't figure this out then maybe you know I want you to go get you know checked out by your primary and and um she came back a week later and said I broke up with my boyfriend of many years and the pain was gone. So, you know, kind of what you're saying, like when you have that that emotional release, sometimes it makes a huge difference. And and I think that and that's one of the reasons why I said we need to add breath work to our you know repertoire, because it is I feel like it can be such an important part of that piece of holistic healing, like you said, um, along with, you know, if, especially if somebody, you know, like you talk therapy is amazing because it you know you get that out but if you are like you said if things are repressed maybe you can't get to that I I don't know I'm sure that that's again I'm not I'm not a therapist so I can't speak to that but you know my thought process is you know you can probably withhold things if you choose to in talk therapy that my thought is that with breath work it just kind of comes naturally more than fighting it so that's amazing to you know I had an amazing time at the workshop and and um I highly recommend it for anybody who ever wants to attend a workshop. And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But tell me a little bit more about what are the breathwork components and what are some of the, you know, results that you expect to see? Yeah, so 90% of people breathe incorrectly. And if you don't have a proper breath, you can't activate what we call the parasympathetic nervous system, which calms you down. So if you're breathing vertically, holding your breath and pushing your shoulders up, you actually are triggering your stress system, your sympathetic nervous system, because we're created for survival. So it's almost like, go, go, go. And you'll actually start breathing faster, and you'll create anxiety by just not breathing correctly. So the first thing we go over is what is a diaphragmatic breath? What is healthy breathing? Starts with the base of your stomach, with your diaphragm, and using all your um, abdominis and oblique and pelvic floor muscles to really strengthen and make yourself have a nice healthy diaphragmatic breath, a good posture, and then you learn to take a nice slow breath. And that actually is horizontal. Your shoulders don't go up. You can feel your ribs increasing a little bit. You feel this sense of calm. And the polyvagal theory really supports this. 70% of toxins are released through proper breathing and with breath work. You have two vagus nerves, like you were saying, um, the cranial coming down to the spinal, the cranial spinal the two vagus nerves, and 80% of information comes from the body to the brain. Only 20% goes to the brain to the body. So you can change your mood by sending your body, your brain a message. And breathing can actually change our mood. 
It also makes you have more trust, love, connection, um, communicate better, more empathy. And these are things that you can do cognitively if you think about people you love, things you enjoy. But when you are stressed, and particularly people in your family might be annoying you, you can't get to that really quick. But coherent breathing is the fastest way to have what we call heart rate coherence. So heart rate variability, your heart goes up and down, is a healthy heart. Your heart should never be a straight pace, even though people think that means good. It should have up and down. And heart rate resonance is when you try to work on that consciously to have a goal. So we call it coherent breathing. It's five inhales and five exhales, so it's six breaths a minute, with are a very imperceptible pause, so you kind of do circular breathing, you kind of connect it. If you do this for five minutes a day, in the nose, out the nose. Connect the breathing, five slow inhales, diaphragmatically, keep your posture nice, work from your diaphragm up, in the nose and then out the nose, and connect it three times a day. For even seven days, you'll have 20% less of cortisol levels, your stress hormones. And this will last for months afterwards. And increase, as I said, in the oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, which actually works with antidepressant and anxiety. So you're healing yourself that way. So again, I'm not saying get off meds, do this. You work, again, it's complimentary. And you, you, you can heal yourself, though. It's a way of calming yourself down so you don't have to grab a pill immediately. You can work with yourself connecting the breath. Um, so there's a real science behind it. There's a sci scientific evidence-based approach. Uh, it's definitely something that has been studied, and there are definite techniques that work for asthma. People who have anxiety, there's different techniques and different ways that you can work. Um, so that is sort of the biggest way that it can kind of works and heals and gives you kind of a sense of inner peace, um, integration of a lot of emotions that kind of come through that you might be having. And as you said, sometimes you just feel them, but just releasing them is a start, and it can make you start healing and kind of feeling a calmness through your body. And a sense of empowerment is the biggest thing, an inner peace, empowerment. And you can only go as far as your body wants to. So you're, so unlike when you know, you're going to a therapist or you're doing something and they uncover something and you're like, I wasn't ready for that, you know, mm -hmm. your body will only release what you want to at the time that you want to. So it's not always easy. Sometimes once you get going, usually at the beginning it's real calm release, and afterwards you release some of the, the heavier stuff, but it's still a calm feeling because you're allowing this to leave your body. One of the things I found interesting when I was doing my own research on breath work was what they say about how it can help also, uh, which, uh, of course, for me, I was like, ding, um, you know, uh, focus maintain focus that's something I've always had an issue with so I found that very interesting because I was like oh I wouldn't think you know you wouldn't think of of clarity and focus as necessarily something you would you know kn knowing nothing about it I wouldn't have thought that you know when I when you told me about the anxiety I said oh that makes total sense but like you were just saying and and I'm going to ask you that question in just a second you know but that was a piece I said oh very interesting folk it helps you focus better and maintain mental clarity which I found very interesting so you, you touched upon this so just tell me a little bit m more you said um, about the scientific evidence um, so going back you said so tell me a little bit more it brought the scientific evidence based on breath work and a brief history yeah so the history of the breath goes back um, to 
millions of years, I mean, thousands of years before BC. So you had the Greek, the pneuma, the breath, the blastivia, interpreted as spirit. You have the Latin spiritus, meant breath and spirit. Um, the Arabic ruah, meaning breath, it's spirit, rest, going home. So they, they have everything in one word. It mm-hmm. was just amazing. Sanskrit, prama, your life force, vital energy. Yoga, pranayama, expansion of life force, expansion of the breath. Qigong, cultivation of life energy, proactive movement, breath and meditation, originated in China, 2000 B.C. Christianity, the Holy Spirit, the breath of life within us, how to connect to the divine. Buddha also talk about the importance of going inward and the importance of breath. So all these cultures always talk about God within, the breath within, empowerment within, power within. And that's the beauty of breath work. You do have a spiritual connection to this of a higher being, a higher connection, being connected to something bigger than yourself. So that's some of the history. And the science, again, basically looks at the whole brain. Um, Dr. Dan Siegel is really good at this. One of the books I use in one of my classes looks at the whole brain, introspection, how the body sends the messages to the brain, and how we can heal ourselves by making new connections. So we talk about this in substance abuse and any addiction, whether it's food addiction, um, work addiction, gaming, alcohol, drugs, you know, how to slow down, not have that immediate feeling, and I have to gratify it, but how to slow it down. And that's a lot through mindfulness also, uh, which we also connect with this, kind of looking through your five senses, breathing, slowing down. Um, We talk about Instead of problem-saturated, solution-saturated results. So, for example, if you're an alcoholic and you're, you don't want to drink and you, and you do problem-saturated, so every day you're thinking, I'm not going to th- drink today. So it's like if I tell you, Leslie, don't think of a really cute pink stuffed elephant that you want to give your kids that has this really big trunk and a really fluffy nose. Right? Of course you're thinking of it. So if you're thinking of not drinking, that's already triggering that dopamine receptor center that you want to drink. So solution focus is when you feel that, you already have resources in play. I'm going to call my sponsor. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go for a walk. Okay? Same with food. So you have things in place that really stay um, focused to really what you can do. So that's what we do also with breath work. We're looking at making new neural connections using mindfulness. That's part of the science behind it. And again, uh, we look at the heart rate uh, variability. Uh, coherent breathing, which actually with respiration and heart rate can go opposite each other at a real optimum level. Um, and this is really the therapy part of it that you should do with the breathwork practitioner, though coherent breathing, anyone can practice. I mean, if you have prone to aneurysms or glaucoma or detached retina, um, you know, maybe a little slower, just the coherent and breath therapist will work with you. So it's, it's a slower pace. So you're not getting the 10 liters of high um, impulse going through your system. But for everybody who's healthy, who's even had, you know, hot work where the doctor clears them and any other illness, it really, really helps. Um, I had a detached retina, but not a, I mean, a, a, a tear that needed to be lasered, but it wasn't totally detached, and I do it every day. So, you know, you just need to get it checked, need to get that through, and it's a really healing process. Um, and again, the science behind it really looks at getting a slower breathing, because even if you don't connect, so in everyday breathing, we should breathe diaphragmatically and we should breathe slower. So if you want to heal yourself like three times a day, watch your posture, particularly now 
with COVID, everybody's working remote at the computer. They got the uh, <laughs> duck neck, you know, always. Tech uh, neck. Yeah, duck neck. Okay, so watch your posture. Sit up nice and straight. Um, and do some nice slow breathing. Five inhales in and five inhales out. And in everyday breathing, you don't get rid of the pause. That pause is our mindfulness, the present. And when you're doing meditation, sometimes you sit with that pause longer. And that can be very healing, just slowing the breath and breathing it slower. Triggers the parasympathetic nerves, which is your calming. So you'll get a sense of just peace, kind of being more in the moment, more present, uh, by just slowing your breath. So there's, there's so much science behind it. And then again, we go to the attachment bond in the early years, the right left hemisphere, implicit, explicit memories. I mean, there's a whole lot that I teach in my course and as a teacher that I don't can't get into now. Uh, but the science behind it is tremendous. Quick question that I was just thinking about when you were when you're out when you were talking was um, how many different types of breathing? I mean, they're all based. Are they all based on diaphragmatic breathing? But how many types of breath breath work are, are there? So there's a lot of different styles. Um, so you have. So when I went to the big conference that they have internationally, and it was the first time it was in the United States two years ago, uh, they pull it the, the Big Geek, and it was in Joshua Tree. Um, Ooh, love it. Desert. Yeah, so I could say it was in the desert. It was beautiful. And I just saw all these different types and styles, but it's the same thing. It's having a diaphragmatic breath where you're connecting a circular breath, and you're having a relaxed exhale. So relaxing your exhale is really activating the parasympathetic nervous system. So there can be more spiritual ones. There could be more body activated. There can be more somatic. Um, you know, there are ones that you actually do a lot of physical release with it. There's some that's more touched, holotrophic, where you basically just let the person do their own thing. Um, so my style that I was trained in is that you let the person do their thing, but you balance their energy. So if you feel it's stuck or if they're getting stuck in the breathing. Is that so where the Reiki comes in? The, the Reiki comes in, yes, with that. But the Reiki is more like I'm trying to balance your energy. With breath work, I see where you're trying to get your energy release and try to make that Reiki balance happen through the chakras where you're getting stuck. So I'm not directing it for you. I'm letting you lead, and I kind of just help with that. With just a little bit of, you know, making sure that the, the energy is channeling mm -hmm. well. Also that the person's breathing, that they're not getting so hung up on the mechanics, that they're not forcing the exhale, or they're, they're getting the breathing pattern in their mind so much that they're losing it. I always say, just go back to the breath. The breath starts breathing you. So you feel it come in and through you, and it's a whole new feeling. It's just like when you do any workout, right? The first four minutes, you're, oh, my God, even when I'm biking, <laughs> right? Your legs feel like, I'm never going to get through this. You're going up the hill. And then all of a sudden, like in five minutes, you feel like you do it for hours. It's the same with breath work. You push through that first five minutes of connecting the breath with the breath worker, and then you just start feeling so free. Your chest feels lighter. The breath starts breathing you things come to your head I don't say try to get rid of them because that makes it worse you accept it and then say I'm going back to the breath so I have something to do today if you try to get rid of it I don't have to worry about that but yes you do you have to do this this is really important why are you here but if you say I know it's there I'll get to it later go into my breath right now it's almost a release sounds like me in the gym <laughs> I'll get to that later yeah. <laughs> exactly it's the same thing it's the same thing really getting your body right to be present where you are and yeah Force yourself to do it. Got to do it. Got to do it. All right. Let's see. Let, so another question for you, my dear. Yes. Um, how is breathwork an al 
an alternative holistic approach to other therapies. Okay, so very good. So you have conventional medicine, which is when you go to a, or usually a doctor, um, and they give you usually medicine or some type of treatment. Okay, so I have migraines. You go to the first thing. I was so aggravated. I went to this neurologist for years, and I used to every now and then get neurological migraines, right? And he's talking about all this medication. And I said, oh, I read about magnesium. Oh, yeah, there's this whole theory of a magnesium imbalance. Actually, that might cure you. And it did. All I needed to do is, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wanted to, like, scream. I was going to him for how many years? And he didn't bring it up until I did. Until you did. So a lot of conventional medicine, um, they, they're trained. Drugs are the way to control your neurotransmitters. The, the hormones, the chemicals that's reduced through um, your pituitary system that you can actually do on your own. Okay, we have ways for pain. We have ways that help us when we're depressed that we can do. So, yes, um, that's conventional medicine. And then you have um, alternative medicine, which is you do this all on their own. So some, some people just do breath work. Like they go to a chiropractor or they may do something else. Um, and then there's complementary when you combine it. And that's what I think is the best. Okay, mm-hmm. I really think that there's all oneness with people and the world, and I think there's there's different techniques that were developed for a reason, and they can really work together. So, complementary is when you can do breath work. You go to your chiropractor, you do your yoga, you go to your conventional doctor if you need a little bit of more help with some medicine to help you as you're doing this, healing yourself, and it all comes together, and then you can see what you want more of for yourself. Do I need more of my medicine for my doctor? Do I need to breathe more? Do I need to go to my chiropractor more? Do I do good with exercise? So it's sort of like a way that the person becomes their own healer, you know, and that's what I love. And and um, and I would assume, too, that, uh, you know, ta- like, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a second, but talk therapy probably is a really good adjunct as, with that as well, kind of, you know, being able to talk about things and kind of breathe it out, right? Am I correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Talk therapy. um, Again, that's what I was trained in. And it's just so healing because you just feel, again, it goes back to that attachment bond in your early years and trauma where you you, you just feel unconditional. That means that no matter what you did, someone's going to accept you for where you are now. You want to heal. Your past doesn't matter. Um, Respect, kind of a warmth that they're having there for you. Uh, and a positive regard and genuineness. They're not fake. So it matters that you have the right connection, right? So in counseling methods, when I teach it, within five minutes, you know, if you have a relationship with someone or if it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then I actually get more comfortable and things fit. But you can tell if there's a connection. And that is done because you are really trying, again, to heal from anything that wasn't in any relationship, and you're trying to look for that. So talk therapy by talking, by having that eye contact, by going through, um, again, Looking at patterns and healing and stages of readiness, you know, are you just not ready to change? Are you thinking of the balance in, the pros and the cons, the costs and the benefits to change? Are you now ready to change? All that, you have the support, you have your resources, absolutely helps. And then the breath therapy is, like I said, I knew what my issues were. You know, for, for years I would still say, but this is anxiety I, I can't get at. You know, and I had great parents, but this is anxiety I, I can't get at. And I know it has to do with with my sister and it's not like I was a replacement child it wasn't like she was the good one I was bad nothing at all like that but there was something and it was through breath work that I could get to it and then yeah then I went back to talk about it because it was just you know you can integrate in so many ways and if you go to a breath work practitioner they can help you integrate it but talk therapy is part of that 
And then sometimes uh, people also continue that with psychotherapy. So being an, an expert in both areas, d- does it in, in, at times replace the talk therapy? It can. It can very much so. Yeah, I had a client who had a lot of abuse as an infant. And for years, she was just trying to have that inner comfort. So what happens is when you go to a therapist, right, you're trying to heal that, but still they're the person that makes you feel safe. The other person that when you're in that room, you just feel so loved and so supported. Okay, even if you have good relationships, I have a great husband, I have everything. It's just different, particularly if you started it younger, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of that connection. And when you're in breath therapy, you learn to anchor that, your root chakra, you ground yourself so that you can go within to feel that safety, that comfort, that empowerment. So it's not that you're not getting some of that through regular therapy. You're learning to increase that, and you role model and mentor, and you get some of that. But just that security, just that comfort that I, I got this and that I can handle my own stress when I have it. I don't have to call somebody. I don't have to have someone else handle my emotions. I can be in control. And again, talk therapy does that slowly. But the good thing about breath therapy is you can do it immediately by just changing your breath. You can trigger your hormones that are going to help you. You can trigger your parasympathetic nervous system. You can do the biology. That makes sense to help you be where you want to be cognitively, but you can't get there at the moment. You can physically re- release that. So tell, tell the listeners how, you know, how breathwork can be used by everyone. Yeah, so that's the good thing about it, you know. It's like you, you learn how to connect the breath, and then there's a reset breath that you do with 10 easy breaths that any time that you can do. You breathe in the nose for a count of five, and for this one, you release through the mouth for a count of five, and you connect those. <laughs> there you go. Leslie. I'm doing it right now. I'm like <laughs> so you do the inhale for five, and the exhale for five, and you connect it for a count of ten. And then the last time, you just hold it for an extra seven seconds. And that can really trigger the parasympathetic nervous system if you only have two minutes. Um, for people who have a lot of anxiety, we do the four, seven, eight breath. You take an inhale for seven. You hold it for a count of, you, you inhale for a count of four. You hold it for a count of seven. Then you nice, slow, re- relaxed exhale for a count of eight. And that can also help. So besides the different types of therapy in my course, Dan Brule has so many different techniques that you can do. If you have headaches, if you have um, anxiety, if you have asthma, you're just trying to work on relationships. You know, there's different types of just breaths that you can do that really can target those areas. Like for asthma, people think it's because you're not getting enough oxygen. You're getting too much. You need to increase the carbon dioxide in your system. That's why holding your breath can really help you if you're having an asthma attack. You know, you don't want to, <laughs> or you're going to hyperventilate, right? And you want a relaxed exhale. That always helps you not hyperventilate. You know, you just kind of let it calm nice and relaxed. The inhale, you can increase nice and big. The exhales are always nice and relaxed. That triggers your parasympathetic. That's always enjoyable, relaxed, releasing the toxins. So anybody can do it. It's easy to learn. You're in control, and you can do it at any time. One of the things I remember you mentioning first um, when we were in our workshop was, you know, people tend to breathe. And, and this goes back to, to my practice as well. You know, you said, I remember you saying, you know, we tend to breathe, our, our shoulders lift. Instead, you, and you said, 
that's not what we want. We don't want that. But we do. We have a tendency to do that. And even in my talking about how it relates to my practice, when I see patients who have that, those high shoulders, I already know you're under you know you either have a, you hold a lot of anxiety or you have a lot of stress you need to de-stress so i find that interesting that you say no it doesn't come from the shoulders the breath does not come from the shoulders it comes from that diaphragmatic breath so i always thought you know putting the two together just the, you know it's it's really amazing how it all kind of how they all relate basically the breath and what i see the physical manifestations in the body as a result you know so that's that's always really interesting i i love to kind of oh you know putting the puzzle pieces together right i i love that piece of it so i i've got a question for you how long generally um just let the listeners know how long is a, a session if if they come and see you is it an hour is it you know talked about it. how long is a session in general Okay, so that's really good. So you have a breath work counseling, which is, I always start with that. So you're, you're looking at the diaphragmatic breath. You're looking at the posture. You're explaining what a circular breath is um, and a little bit of um, how important it is to just not get into your head and relax. Okay, so then therapy is when you start connecting the breath. So that can be about an hour session, hour and a half the first time so that you really get some history, mm -hmm. can learn what to do. And that's when you work with the practitioner to some really interesting music, try to get to know you, get a little series together, where it starts out with drumming, you get some flute at the end, you get some really connective. So it actually goes to alpha state, so your brain waves start to change. And some people actually can go into theta a little too, which are the more relaxed brain states. And you actually have some altered states where your body is not guarding it, so you're releasing. And that you should do with the breathwork practitioner. So, so the simple exercises I gave you, you can do any time, the coherent and the reset. And yeah, so it starts out like an hour and a half, and then I have individual. So if you want more one-on-one, -on -one, I can do actually a lot more attention to your own breathing, to what you're changing, working with you. And then there's group work. Sometimes that's an hour or two. Gotcha. Okay. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. I, joining me and our listeners, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it, it's you've been you. I'm really excited to have you with us, and I'm excited to share you with our community. Uh, Julie is available for workshops and currently offers group sessions twice a month over at the Yoga Loft, and she also has private sessions available on Fridays and Saturdays at Wellcare Chiropractic Center. Thanks again, Julie, for, for joining me. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Leslie, so much. And it's such a pleasure to be working with you in your center. It's the friendliest, most welcoming, um, really health-oriented center that I've seen. And thank you so much for welcoming me so Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And thanks for joining me today. Thank you to WCTV. Uh, we will, I don't know what I'm going to be doing next time. We shall see. But uh, thanks again. And make sure you're taking care of you. See you next time, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm.